Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. You know, today's episode is a little bit different. Our guest is someone who I have become friends with, but have actually never met in person. I uh, got to know her because a mutual friend of ours shared a post about her on Facebook. Um, she was featured on a Facebook page called Humans of Adventism, and uh, one of our mutual friends shared the post about her. And as I was reading about her story, I was so impressed and uh, inspired by what was written there that I reached out to her and asked her, asked her, would you be willing to be on our podcast? And she very graciously agreed to. And uh, so we had a, she called in on the phone and we had a conversation. Um, and just a little bit about her. Um, if you go to her website, it, it says several things about her. It says that she's a model, she's a TV host, and, uh, and she's also a Lyme fighter. And she's been struggling with, with Lyme disease for um, quite some time now. And, uh, you know, when, when people look at her life, when they think of a model or, or an actress or a TV host, they, they picture this glamorous life. And she made it very clear that this is not the kind of person that she is or was. She didn't grow up this way. She was um, definitely had a difficult childhood, um, dealt with dyslexia. And I don't want to take a whole lot of, of stuff away from the interview that you're going to hear in just a minute. But she came from kind of a difficult upbringing, and she's still going through a lot of difficult situations right now. But through it all, she's been able to honor and glorify God and talk about his grace in her life. And I just hope that as you listen to my conversation with Courtney Hurst today, that you would be just as inspired as I was. Here it is. Courtney, welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope. Well, hey, it's a privilege to join the family. <laughs> and uh, I just want to thank you so much for being willing to share your story today. And as we get started, why don't we just um, go back to the beginning, kind of give us a little bit of context. Who are you? Where are you from? Um, that, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, well, my name's Courtney. Um, it's spelled uniquely, and so I'll often say that it looks like a German battle cry, something that you go... <sighs> When you want to try to spell it, um, it's K O R T N Y E. And so um, I think that you could say sort of set the stage for perhaps my whole life wasn't a name. Um, love my name. I think my parents did beautifully with it. Um, and I think my story, like each of ours, is just as unique as spelling of my name in this case. Um, you know, Joe, it's, um, it's amazing in our society how the more connected we become with technology, for instance, the more isolated people seem to become. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the loneliness and depression and something missing in our lives, but not knowing how to reach out for it, maybe not even being aware, but instead observing these symptoms in our heart and um, in my actions, and perhaps not having enough self-awareness to realize, oh, this means something's wrong, mm-hmm. put it out in a way that says, help, somebody help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole life, in, in many ways, was characterized like this, and I think um, everybody, everybody's got a story, right? Um, there's power in our stories. Um, and, and my whole life, I, I can see this thread of um, 
kind of isolation and loneliness, not having any friends, being badly bullied, or, or in a room where everybody knows your name um, because, you know, your dad has a high-profile position or um, because, well, you're the model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but being very much alone in a crowd, um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I was dyslexic as a child, and so I couldn't read. I was socially awkward. I wore purple glasses. Um, you know, I, I just remember every day after school walking from the lower grade building to the eighth grade building, and this kid would always say, did you really lose your glasses? Did you really lose your glasses? You know, mm. as, as if like, wearing this purple headgear didn't make me enough of an anomaly as it was. Right. Um, you know, it, it just always kind of was like that. Um, high school, I went to a boarding school, and, and you know, it's to me the boys' place to bet to see who could get in my pants first. <laughs> year running bet, I'm afraid mm. somebody did sort of win-ish, mm-hmm. um, but that made me as a, as a young, very sheltered, self-conscious Christian girl say, well, if boys can be pimps, girls can be too, you know, and so I started having these thoughts of needing power and needing to prove that I was worth something, and, mm. um, you know, I, I went to college. I had more options for friends at that point, within hours at a time trying to, you know, memorize concertos. And, um, I don't know, I did like five internships in three years and was teaching music lessons and was getting, you know, like degrees and all this other stuff. Um, and yet when I graduated, the economy had collapsed and I couldn't sell my brain, but I could sell my face, which was ironic because my entire life, um, with my mind being wired differently than some, I not only thought I was stupid, but I knew I looked different from all the other kids and I thought it was bad different hmm. so I also didn't know I was pretty which is why it was so strange that when I couldn't get a job um, a year later after I graduated I could work with Ford models in Miami hmm. so so let's go back to something to something that you said just just a minute ago and that was you know all the way through this and, and it kind of ties into there where you know you you didn't think that you were pretty um, you know, this is this is something that I don't know that we talk about as as a church as Christians enough about you know the value that that God places on us and and realizing that that we are different and and I know you and I talked the other day a little bit about this you know if it, you know it's so easy when we're when we're in the middle of all of this to forget whose child we are and. And to to look at what other people think of us and, and base our own value upon what they think our value is. Yeah, very much so. It's, it's like, um, well, our self-worth comes from four different places, generally. Um, what do what does my gut say? Who I think I am? Um, the looking glass self? You know, what do the people around me say? What does mommy tell me I am? What do my friends tell me I am? Um, social comparison, um, kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. Do I have the nicest house on the block in a steep block? So I think I'm a king because I have the nicest one, or am I in a really nice neighborhood, but maybe not the nicest house, and I think I need more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth one, um, which according to Professor Heather Thompson Day at Andrews University, in her opinion, the fourth one is the Holy Spirit. What does God say I am? That one's not necessarily in the textbooks. Mm-hmm. So these labels that people place on us, um, or whether we hear them or not, it can literally be people's lack of action that causes something in me to know that they've categorized me, mm-hmm. or for me not to be 
categorized positively that can alter our lives. Um, you know, because of Lyme, uh, when you get sick, you'll try anything. And for, for me, when your typical regimen for Lyme didn't work, um, I sought a number of different modalities. And finally, through um, homeopathic medicine and uh, Bible-believing Christian people, um, I've been finding some things that work. And, you know, it's strange <laughs> how the Bible um, has been right all of these years. Yes. Um, man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, you know, um, where, where is it? Galatians 5? The fruits of the Spirit, you know, um, love, right. joy, peace, mercy, long-suffering, or, um, you know, in Philippians 4, 8, where it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, noble, right, you're of good report, excellent, praiseworthy, worthy, think of these things. Um, when we don't obey the Lord, just because he's right always, mm. but we don't know the reason behind it, we actually can cause disease. And um, science more and more, as they research these things, are finding that, A, bad feelings, if they're not dealt with, can actually change the molecular makeup of myself and um, almost, as it were, take a face in my body. Wow. In the entire organ system. Um, they're also finding that, uh, for instance, saying bad things about people can lower my body's frequency. You know, we're electrical beings, our brains have wattage. Mm-hmm. So if you're measuring in megahertz, saying bad things about somebody lowers my body's frequency by 12 points. Wow. That raises it by 15. Wow. That's incredible. And it's amazing how, how research is backing, or, or science is, is backing up what we knew in the Bible all along. I want to go back just a second before we get to, you know, the, your recovery and, and that. And I want to go back to your, so you, you were able to find, find work as a model, and life seemed to be going pretty well for you, finally. Um, and then what, you know, what happened? How did you feel when you find, found out that you had Lyme? Um, you know, it was actually a relief have the diagnosis. Um, having one did not upset me because I kept telling myself, try harder, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But I was drinking, you know, for somebody who's supposed to be really, really healthy, I was drinking five, five hour energy drinks a day to be functional. Wow. Um, the, <laughs> I'm sure the doctor's listening going, oh my goodness, he's lucky to be alive. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I had entire trash bags of garbage in my bedroom because I tried to pick things up and then from exhaustion would just lay down, but I couldn't sleep at night and I stopped eating and maybe I would bathe once a week. Mm-hmm. And my parents just thought I was depressed or lazy and I thought that I just wasn't trying hard enough. So get out the lead, let's go. Mm-hmm. These labels that we place on ourselves and we don't listen to our bodies and the things that we say to perhaps push ourselves when something else might need to be addressed. Right. Wow. So then, it, so then finding the diagnosis was a relief. And then as you, as you said, you found, you know, help finally through, you know, Bible-believing Christians and, and homeopathic, you know, methods, medicine. Um, and you've been, you know, on the, on the journey healing ever since then. Yeah. Um, the more I heal, the more I realize how spiritual this is. And I, and I don't mean it to be, you know, for those of us who are constantly on guard, as we should be, um, we're commanded in the scripture to be wise as serpents, so harmless as dove. Um, as, as strange and foreign as it might sound, I think healing physically comes with spiritual and emotional healing as well. Mm. Um, and the more I work to heal, the more I pray and forgive people again. I forgive myself again for letting myself down, letting my friends and family down for the money it's taken to invest in getting well, mm-hmm. um, for not pursuing my hopes and dreams and for them taking longer. 
um, for not being whatever, fill in the blank, for the hardship that I've endured to people who were hurting and then hurt me as a result. Uh, and it's amazing that as I find new levels of healing physically for the brain fog and the joint pain and the lethargy from Lyme disease let up gradually for some reason because our God made us total creatures, totally entwined in ways we'll have a blast studying throughout the ages. The more I heal, the more it becomes easy to let go and to forgive. Hmm. Wow. It's just finding that connection, you know, that we we really are, as you said, you know, we were, we're designed to be whole beings, you know, with, you know, our, our emotional as well as our physical health and spiritual health. And, and as one strengthens, the others do as well. That's powerful. Well, we serve a powerful God who wants us to give him our garbage. Praise God. So, Courtney, what are you currently doing? I, I think God has, has placed, um, you know, something exciting in your life and, uh, um, you know, ways that are an outlet that you can share some of this with, with the world. Um, what is, what, where are you currently right now? Or what, what are you currently doing? Well, technically my full-time job is to get well, but, uh, when, when I got so sick that um, I threw my hopes and dreams away and flew home from Cape Town, South Africa to die, mm. I was in my grandmother's living room when a man from the local church came in and said, um, we have a dream of producing a health TV series, and we would like you to host and produce this show. Would you be interested? <laughs> wow. And at the bottom of the lime dragon's barrel, God dumped the desires of my heart in my lap, and it's been my motivation to get well ever since. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, in the last minute or two um, that we have today, I, I have a question that I'd like to you to answer, because maybe some of our listeners are exactly where you were back in, you know, grade school or, or high school or, or maybe even in college. And um, they're going through some of the same, you know, bullying or, or they don't really understand their own worth. Um, and so if you could go back and talk to yourself at that time, what would you say? What, what did you really need to hear when you were going through that, that, you know, now through everything that God has brought you through, you know, you can, you can speak that to, to yourself and to our listeners. I think there are a couple of main points. Um, I would say that when you hurt, whether it's triggers that don't have to do with people, although usually they do, um, look at the uglies in other people as illness. Mm. Look at that in them as them being sick. Because it's true, we're all sin sick, and I'm constantly trying to overcome that. Um, what is it that's going on in their life right now, or it's happened in their past, or that, uh, like, a diseased habit from old wounds, or that's been handed down from their parents or their grandparents, and they're not even aware yet? Um, I think um, instead of dwelling on that, we should know that all authority of heaven has been given to us, right? Jesus has gone to the Father that if we ask anything, he will give it to us. Yes. And we have been told what to think about, what to dwell on, the fruits of the Spirit, which are in Galatians 5.22. And I would say, pick a word. Um, I'll tell you straight up, it's that usually the word that you like the least, that makes you squirm, yell, scream, and no way, Jose, probably the one. <laughs> 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 yes, God has a way um, of doing that. Pick a word. Um, I don't know, make a poster out of it, doodle it in the inside of your binder, or write the fruits of the Spirit on a jar of water if you want, and drink that water, keeping your room or on your desk. Drink the goodness as a physical reminder if you want, and pray that over your enemies. Pray that for yourself. And you might have to do it every day or several times a day, um, but I think if, if 
if we can use scripture as medicine and see the uglies in other people as illnesses, it keeps it from becoming this contagious plague that then makes us sick and causes us to spread it. Mm. And again, because our God has given us all authority of heaven, if we'll ask in his name, he will help our heart overcome it. And when we are filled with his Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit, we'll then be able to speak that over others in prayer and in our lives and actions and be more than conquerors through him who loves us. Wow, that is that is powerful. Any closing thoughts that you have or anything you haven't shared yet that you would like to as we as we sign off? You know, um, I was actually working on this last night as I was going to bed um, because of the lime. I, I soak in the bathtub and it kind of turns into prayer time with God. Mm. Um, sometimes the, the, the boo-boos that are reoccurring in our lives just go, this has followed me my whole life, <laughs> however long it's been for each of us. Um, sometimes we think they're multi-pronged causations or themes, and I dare say that there's usually one singular one. Um, for me, last night I discovered that it was lack of control, um, and that showed up whether it was not getting to be myself or not being treated by others the way I would want or getting to pick my career the way I wanted it when I wanted it, um, a number of different things. Um, but if you will spend some time with Daddy God, with the Father, who knows our hearts better than we know them ourselves, who heard our praises before we were born, and ask Him. He will bring memories to mind of the first time that we felt unsafe or unsure or neglected or fill in the blank. And if you will just ask Him to take it, maybe you need to picture His goodness washing over it. Maybe you need to physically like show it like a slingshot or even picture a catapult and like an axe like chopping it off and swinging it in His direction. Mm. Give Him the root of your, your ouch the root of everything in you that doesn't belong, and He will heal that and make you whole. You know, there are differences between my story and Courtney's story, and I'm sure your story and Courtney's story. You may not struggle with dyslexia or Lyme's disease, but whatever you are struggling with, whatever your childhood looked like, I hope you saw glimpses of yourself through what Courtney shared. As she said, everyone has a story, and God is longing to glorify himself through whatever story you have. You know, next week, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. I have a special guest named Ruth who comes into the studio and shares her story. And she has miracle after miracle after miracle that have occurred in her life. And I am just so excited to share her interview with you because it inspired me so much. So here's a little glimpse at next week's episode with Ruth Gibson. I was in a head-on collision. My mom did not have a lot of money trying to raise four children in the absence of a husband. And, um, but we went on a trip the 4th of July to Blue Lake, Arkansas, and my brother was driving. Uh, we had a head-on collision, and it was so terrible that um, it made the front of the commercial appeal the big Memphis paper. I cannot wait to share that episode with you next week, and I can guarantee that you will finish the episode more inspired than you were when you start. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, Music was provided by Dexter Britton um, under the Creative Commons license. You can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio, and we are on both Apple Podcasts and Google Play. So go ahead and search for us there. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you subscribe. I will see you next week. And in the meantime, have faith and hope.